uh, welcome to Missing Out. What do you say? Welcome to Missing Out Monday, where we tell you what we're into. Start your week off right. I'm Tari J. And I'm Lex Michael. There we go. Nailed it. So, Tari, this has nothing to do with my Missing Out Monday, but have you seen Garfield minus Garfield? Yes. Isn't it great? I love it. Garfield minus Garfield, for those of you who are lucky enough to get to experience it for the very first time, uh, it is somebody took uh, all of the Garfield strips from the newspapers and removed Garfield from them. So it's just John Arbuckle talking to and reacting to nothing. Mm -hmm. And it paints this portrait of a very lonely, very damaged man. It's it's pretty pretty spellbinding stuff uh go check that out but that's not what i was into over the weekend uh but first uh, tari what were you what were you look i'm just taking the reins of this one dude i'm doing it i love it doing your fucking job doing your i'm doing your job who's who's doing mine i am and who's doing yours i am i'll do your job Hey guys, this week, this uh, this this just talk and this talk weekend, and be obnoxious. I was definitely into uh, <laughs> <laughs> ah, <God. laughs> that is what I say. <laughs> All right, so uh, so so wait, what were you? What 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 are you into this uh, um, this fine Monday? This fine Monday, I've actually so uh, I have been really into this podcast called Why Won't You Date Me. Um, Nicole Byer, who is, um, she's a comedian. She hosts the show on Netflix called Nailed It. She was also the creator of Girl Code. Um, she is a, a self-described, uh, loud, fat black woman. Um, she's such a delight. Um, what? nothing okay um she's <laughs> i was gonna be like that is how i too describe myself and i realized <laughs> that may be perceived by some as unpc nah uh you're always saying you're like tari i can't believe how much of a fat black person i am and i'm like you know what you right Lex. you're like i don't you, believe it you either let, you right i definitely don't believe it <laughs> you're right i don't i can't and i won't i do i believe it um <laughs> Uh, but she's, uh, she's a delight. She's very funny. Um, very charismatic. So every week she has on uh, a friend of hers who she may or may not have, uh, hooked up with. Uh, and the general format of the show is they, they go over her Twitter and they give her pointers. Um, then she like, they talk about their dating life. Um, and then at the end she goes, why won't you date me? Um, is this, this like her catchphrase? It's, I mean, it's the name of the show, and right. it's also, yes, it's the phrase of the of the podcast. And they talk about, like, sometimes they'll give her a really earnest answer of, like, why they wouldn't date her or they won't date her. Uh, sometimes they're in a relationship. Other times they're like, we'd be very bad for each other. Um, and it's it's just very fun. Uh, I, I really enjoy it. it. It made me audibly laugh at work um because i listen to podcasts at work um there's a just the way that she uh emphasizes things her general cadence like it makes you feel like you are in the room with a couple of friends gabbing um and i love it um i don't it's not safe for work you can't like listen to it aloud like she says things like i just can't wait to gobble some dick um and like in her (laughs) sounds like exactly my kind of show yeah in her uh, opening, she's like, I'm Nicole Byer. 
um, and I'm looking for a relationship, and I don't know why people don't want to date me. I give great blowjobs, things of that sort. Um, so if that's not your bag, yeah, if you your might workplace not like is it. super uptight, no fun, can't laugh, hates dick. Yeah, <laughs> which most places hate dick. It's most crazy. It turns out, yeah, they really don't want you bringing that shit into the office. Nope. No. Uh, keep your dick at home. Keep your dick at home. <laughs> um, so that's what I'm into for this week, and then I'll talk about. Um, uh, the episode of uh, Twin Peaks that oh I watched God, that's in our right. later segment. That's right. You're still watching it. Are you doing like one a week? Two weeks? Doing one a week, yeah. Oh my God, that's awesome. Yeah. Okay. I'm excited about this shit. So what am I, what am I into this week? I have, I have a couple and they keep changing on me because okay. I, uh, but so, okay. One of them, um, I, I checked out the, uh, DC Universe app, their streaming service. Yeah. Um, because I, people keep telling me they're really impressed by Titans. So I figured I wanted to give that a shot. Yeah. And also I'm really, I'm, I'm pretty jazzed that somebody's finally doing some, some more live action Swamp Thing stuff pretty okay. soon. Um, but before I got to any of, any of that, uh, I wanted to finally, because they're, they're bringing nineties flash back for the Elseworlds crossover, which as of this recording starts tonight, you guys will hear this show on Tuesday. Uh, on Tuesday. Yeah. No, this is this is Monday. This is missing oh, out Monday. This is... so you'll hear this Monday. So you're, you're listening to us right now. We're like midway through this crossover. But uh, they're bringing back John Wesley Ship as 1990s Flash. So I use this as an excuse to go back and finally watch that series. I'd seen little bits of it before, but I'd never gone back and watched the entire thing. And what I love about, about kind of the modern uh, DCCW stuff is they kind of like to honor as much of the other iterations of these characters and these worlds in live action as they can. So like uh, like on Supergirl, Helen Slater plays their mom and she was the original movie Supergirl. Yeah. John Wesley Shipp, who was the original live action Flash, was brought back first as Barry's dad, Henry Allen, then later as Jay Garrick, um, the original Silver Age Flash, uh, or Golden Age rather. And uh, now, of course, he's coming back as 90s Flash. Um, so I wanted to watch his show it's a lot of fun there's some spots in it it aired in 1990 so there, there are some spots in it where, that feel very much kind of like 1990s tv acting like hey did we get it it's good enough let's move on yeah um the effects are obviously uh more rudimentary the suit is uh, sillier looking than than uh, today's modern silly looking superhero outfits yeah but what's really what i'm having a really good time with and obviously uh ship is endlessly uh, charming. Uh, maybe you don't know the superhero stuff, but if you've seen like Dawson's Creek, he was Dawson's dad. Um, endlessly charming, but what I'm having a lot of fun with is seeing uh, a bunch of actors pop up that I recognize from other things. You mentioned Twin Peaks. Um, in the first half of the season, there are like four episodes where Twin Peaks actors pop up. Mm-hmm. Um, and this would be about 90 was when Peaks aired, so this would be the same year that Peaks was airing. One of the most fun examples of this for me, though, there's an episode, I believe it's called Be My Baby, and it's about a mobster who, I guess, impregnated this this woman who's like the, the offspring of two like really genius-level academics, and he's basically trying to lay claim to this child, and the mobster is played by 1990 Brian Cranston, oh. which is the earliest work of his that I've seen. Um, he's great. I've never seen Cranston like looking that young. It's not like he looks like a super old dude now, but like I've never seen him looking that young, but it's the same kind of intensity, the same energy. Um, he kills somebody with a throwing star. Oh. Uh, and then Flash puts a diaper in his mouth. Cool. Like when he leaves him kind of tied up for the police, he puts a, puts a diaper in his mouth. Dirty so diaper? 
I hope so. Yeah. But so it does feel very much this was the year after Tim Burton's first Batman, which came out in 1989. And this feels very much like we tried to do that version of Flash on a TV budget. Yeah. Uh, right down to uh like the the art deco design especially in the opening titles and the music danny elfman did the theme for the show oh nice and shirley walker did the rest of the music which was the exact arrangement they had for batman the animated series where elfman did the main theme yeah which, which was pulled from the the movie and shirley walker did the rest of the music and so there's a very especially in those opening titles very much like an 89 to 92 Batman type feel yeah it's a lot of fun I'm really glad that I did it before the crossover because I feel like it'll have that that much greater import uh now that they're bringing back John Wesley Ships Barry Allen um but it's fun it's a lot of fun and then also seeing kind of the more stripped down versions of of like his rogues gallery like seeing their Captain Cold is interesting and like they've got one with Mirror Master and I gotta you gotta you can't talk about 90s Flash without talking about Mark Hamill as uh the as James Jesse, the trickster, yeah. who they also brought back for season one of The Flash, like as that character. Yeah. Um, I don't think people need to be told. I did I do think people forgot for a while before Last Jedi came out. Mm-hmm. Mark Hamill is a hell of an actor. Oh yeah. I mean, but I feel like people forgot. And now nobody needs to be reminded, thankfully, but that dude is a hell of an actor. And he's his performance as Trickster is just so it is so multifaceted, so layered, and also so crazy over the top. You can see kind of the kernels of his Joker performance. Right. Like and, and like, yeah, Mark Hamill's the best best Joker of all time. Just like Kevin just like Kevin Conroy is the Batman who counts the most, he's best Joker bar none, and you can see little kernels of that performance. Yeah. Um, in his trickster i had more to say about this show than i realized um <laughs> but it's fun you know it's 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 very fun it's very don't go in expecting it to be today's superhero television you know but it's you know they're not going to have a real big expensive king shark yeah. in there you know um but it's fun it's really fun um if you have a chance to check it out i recommend it even if you just kind of want to do a sampling of episodes but like i would say if you're only going to watch one or two watch uh like watch Trickster because that's that one and watch the one where uh, Flash feeds Brian Cranston a diaper. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing that I've decided that I've decided I want to talk about is I am about to start the fifth and to date most current season of BoJack Horseman, a show that it took me a very long time to get around to, but I have and it has rapidly become a favorite show of mine. Yeah. Um. There's a there's a film writer I, I like a great deal, uh, film crit Hulk, who does the recaps, seasons four and uh, season five. He wrote up recaps for every episode for Vulture, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and in his uh, first, the first one he did, which I want to say was the season four premiere, he said uh, in his in his opinion, it's the best show about Hollywood ever made, in large part because it focuses on uh, focuses on and develops to to great extent and to great effect the psychology of its characters. Yeah, and I have you seen it. Yes. So are you like current with it? Um, I haven't seen season five. I've only seen the pilot or the first episode of the most recent season. So um, I finally, after years of people saying, I think you would really like the show, I finally got around to doing it. And the first season I liked, I, I, I dug it a bunch, but I, I, it's not what the show becomes. Yeah. It feels a lot more, you know, a lot closer to standard animated sitcom. I think it's definitely got its own personality and it's doing, it's very, it's still a very sharp show. Yeah. But you know, it's not it's not like the realest damn shit 
I've ever seen the way like season two becomes immediately. Oh yeah. And it's about, you know, I've never, um, the way I, the way I put it to a friend of mine who was one of the people who was urging me to watch the show for such a long time is I have never seen a show. I've barely ever seen movies that so fully explore what it is like to live with that toxic self-destructive wiring and that manifests across a number of different characters in a number of different ways. And yeah. they, they address it with an equal mix of empathy and abject horror. It is uh, somebody, somebody described it once as uh, it, the pure existential horror and animal jokes. Um, yeah. yeah. And like, it's, it's, that's what it is. It is the re- most uncomfortably real shit. And it's uh, sort of, it, I'm nowhere near as self-destructive, especially like outwardly self-destructive as Bojack is. Yeah. But oh boy, do I feel seen by this show. You know what I mean? Like it is so uncomfortably real and so uncomfortably relatable and so directly stares into the howling void that is trying to live and exist in a world where you're desperate for something, like whether it's acceptance or success and also having to come to terms with the fact that like that's not going to whatever it is is not going to be enough. Like whatever you worship will not be enough. They actually address this really pointedly I think in season early in season 4 yeah. where he meets uh Hollyhocks, the the girl who may or may not be his biological daughter. Yeah. Oh, the horse. I'm sorry. They are horses. They're canonically horses. <laughs> it's not boy girl. I mean they're male female, but like yeah, they're horses. Um but about how it's like you're you're desperately seeking this thing because you think it'll fulfill you but like whatever it is is not going to be enough yeah you have to it has to come from within is ultimately the point and watching somebody as uh horribly self-destructive as bojack finally by the end of season four like finally start to if not grow there's a little bit of a moment of hope and again i am not that outwardly self-destructive but i've got my own set of bad wiring that was a byproduct of a lot of things that went on that happened that I was not necessarily responsible for. I am responsible for coping with it and not allowing it to guide my decisions in a self-destructive way and watching these characters fail over and over and over and over, but then eventually at least one of them and, and more than one of them, but arriving at moments of, of breakthrough of epiphany of, Oh, there maybe is, a way forward for me. That yeah. is powerful shit. God damn it. Like mm-hmm. you don't say and not for two, like Todd, uh, the roommate character. Yeah. He's asexual. He's canonically openly asexual. And I can't remember any show where I've seen like an asexual relationship or, or a character sort of navigating that presented in such a matter of fact, like this is what it is. Like, it's just such a casual, it's not casual for him, but yeah. it's such a, a casual part of the story. And I don't recall seeing that, before uh there's a lot this show's doing that oh, I, yeah. I have not seen certainly sir, uh, in individual elements but certainly all juxtaposed I, I fuck it's an impressive show i like it can you tell i like it i can't tell so i'm very much looking forward to watching season five um that's kind of what i'm gonna end up going home and doing probably nice. um and then they got renewed for a sixth season already which is great um i dig it i dig it a lot yeah it's, 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 it's that, great it's that real shit oh yeah um, so just a really quick, yeah. Cause I uh, went for a Peaks while corner. I was like, I got a couple of things. I'll get through them real fast. An hour later. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I watched season or episode three of season one of twin peaks. And it is the only um, one you watched. Uh, yes. Okay. 
So uh, this is the episode where we get the weird sex club, uh, the guy who brings the sandwiches. This is the episode where... The weird uh, se- do you mean One-Eyed Jacks? I think so, yeah. The weird sex club. Yeah. With the playing card ladies? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. One-Eyed Jacks, okay. Um, uh, we also get the... Um, we get Cooper's uh, uh, obsession with Tibetan philosophies and him doing the throwing the, the rocks, uh, throwing the rocks um, which leads him to Leo. We get the scene in the forest with Mike, uh, Billy, and Leo where Bobby. Bobby, sorry. See, I know, but I know names aren't your thing, and you're doing pretty well so far. Yeah. Um, Billy. We, we get... Uh, so we get that scene, which is harrowing, um, and there's like a gimp in the background, um, or like a guy in a mask. In a they are being thing. observed. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then we also get the dream, the firewalk with me dream. One of the most iconic sequences, not just from this show, but from all of early '90s television. Yeah. This is the moment where the show really gets weird. Hmm. Um, I mean, yeah. So, like, if you haven't seen the show... Um, yes, this, describe describe Cooper's dream at the end of this episode. Uh, at me. the end of the episode, uh, Cooper has a dream where he's sitting in a red room, um, and he ha- he's older. It, the, his makeup would, you ha- would have you believe. Um, and then in a seat across from him is uh, Laura Palmer. Mm-hmm. That's her name, right? Yep. Um, and then a little person comes out and, uh, I can't tell if the scene was shot backwards and they were speaking backwards and then they played it in reverse so that it makes it seem like they are speaking forward. So here's, here's what they did for the back talking. Basically what they did is the actors learned their lines phonetically backwards. Right. And then on the set said them phonetically backwards. Okay. And then it was run in reverse. So they're saying them forwards, but you get this very, very weird, you know, like um that gum you like is going to come back in style. Like yes. you get that type of effect. Right. Um so <clears throat> that was happening and then uh, he describes not Laura Palmer as his cousin. Um, yeah, she, uh, yeah, she's my cousin, but doesn't she look exactly like Laura Palmer? Right. And then not Laura Palmer kisses Dale and then whispers something in his ear. And then we have a dance sequence. And then he wakes up. That's the sweet, sweet Angelo Badalamente music. Oh, and I guess also in his dream, um, Bob is speaking directly to him and is introduced by another person named Mike. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, I've killed before and I'll kill again. Uh, and then, yeah. So then you get, and we the get the, uh, we get the firewalk with me poem for the first time, which yeah. is uh, through the darkness of futures past. The magician longs to see one chance out between two worlds. Firewalk with me. Yeah. It's cool shit. Uh, I think it's cool shit. Yeah. Um, but also, too, fun fact, uh, the stuff with Mike and Bob from The Dream uh-huh. was stuff that was shot for the international pilot, which they were basically mandated. We can kind of release this, if not on TV, we can maybe throw it into some theaters and international markets, but you need a closed ending. So a lot of that stuff is from the ending of the international pilot in which Bob is revealed to be the killer, but Bob's just a guy. Yeah. 
and then they like shoot and kill him and it's over. That okay. is not what happens in the show, but uh, they were able to reappropriate some of that for Cooper's dream. Gotcha. Okay. Interesting. Yes. Um. All right. I dig it. I mean, it was it. You told me it would get weird, and then that happened. Guess we definitely have, happened. As soon as you see the red room and you see Lil Mike dancing around. I mean, it was weird from the moment that uh, I forget his name, but. Uh, glasses guy comes in with the sandwiches and they just start oh, going Jerry, to town. Jerry, yeah, um, brie and butter sandwich. Yeah, I was like, what the fuck is happening? Right. Um, That's right, because like Jerry shows up for the first time. Uh, David Patrick Kelly is Jerry Horn, I believe, shows up for the first time in this episode. Yeah. As does uh, one of my favorite, favorite actors, Miguel Ferrer, shows up for the first time as Agent Albert Rosenfeld. Oh, yes. I forgot about the the, the rude agents. Um Coming in, being like, bro, we don't have time. Just my name giving Harry nothing time. but shit. Yeah. Um, but Dale's really happy to see them. Uh, he's a, such a wonderful guy. Um, so, yeah, uh, it was it was, it was weird and fun. And I, I like, I really liked the aesthetic of, uh, you said it's One-Eyed Jacks. Yeah. Um, I really liked the, the aesthetic of, of all the, like, card-themed outfits. Um, it really, oh, I get it now. Because there's a one-eyed jack in a deck of cards. Um, I just got it. <laughs> Guys, I, I got it. They, I understand now. The sign literally has a jack on it. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, um, I just so, got it. Just so, now. So any other any other erroneous thoughts? I love, I mean, I love the sequence where he's talking about Tibet and he's uh, throwing the rocks just because it's all about intuition and about sort of because he he's aware he has visions and he feels very connected to the plight of the Tibetan people. This, yeah. by the way, this is all Lynch. Like Lynch has talked about how, uh, well, that plenty of people have talked about how he sort of uses Kyle MacLachlan as like an avatar yeah. of himself, both in Blue Velvet and obviously in uh, Twin Peaks as well. But a lot of this stuff is is David Lynch's own sort of like the stuff that he professes to believe in just put in the mouth of this character and used as a, a basis for deductive technique. Yeah. Um, I liked that after that sequence in the next scene, uh, the receptionist is reading a book about Tibet. Yeah, Lucy's reading about Tibet. Um, that really like made me giggle. Um, I felt it, it was really hard to watch the scene where, um, Shelly, uh, is at the house and, and Bobby comes over and he's like, Hey, what happened? And she's like, I got fucked up. You got to go. And he's like, well, I'm just going to put my hand on your face. And you're like, get the fuck out of there. Yeah, there are a lot of uh, men on this show, even even generally good men who um, should, are, should slow their scumbags? role. Yeah, should slow their role sometimes. Like, like they'll get very, yeah, they'll get, they'll get scuzzy. Cool. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Um, Not everybody. There's some good, there are good men. They're good men in town. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But so, what? No, go ahead. Oh no, I was gonna say. So you're so you're still digging it. You're still on board. Yeah. So your your plan is to do one a week. Uh, yeah. Or I'll if if I have more time, then I'll do a bunch, and I'll be like, so here's where I am, and here's what I liked. Um, so we'll see what the cadence is. I mean, the holidays are coming up. Um, so I'll have more time, and I will be able to watch lots of things. Uh, last week when we talked about, or no, it was two weeks ago. I think we talked about it, right? Yeah. Um, you after watching the first couple of episodes. You were leaning towards uh, Doctor Jacoby as being the killer. Do you yeah. do you feel the same way, or do you feel differently? Um, I 
uh, I still still feel that way. Uh, I feel like uh, Leo is a red herring. Um, so, yeah. And he hit the bottle, uh, but it didn't break when it came to Jacoby. So, so my theory is still intact. Okay, so you're still holding on to to that theory. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Cannot cannot and will not confirm or deny. I know the answer to this question, but I cannot confirm nor deny. Cool. Good. Thank you. Um, Lex Michael, where can people find you? I am on Twitter and Instagram at the Lex Michael. Awesome. And I am at Tari J. T A U R I J A Y. But if you're looking to contact this show, you can hit us up at Missing Outcast. That's M-I-S-S-I-N-G-O-U-T-C-A-S-T. But if you're looking to talk on the phone, you can hit us up at the Missing Out hotline, which is 978-MISS-OUT. Thanks for joining us on Missing Out Mondays. Let us know what you're into either by calling the hotline or telling us on Twitter or leave a rating comment and we'll read it here on this segment. All right, we will see you tomorrow in which we'll be talking about the Disturbed album Believe from 2002. But also we'll be talking about a little bit of our backgrounds on religion. So uh, settle in. Strap on your seatbelts because it's going to be a bumpy ride. Strap on what? Your seatbelts. Because of a bumpy ride. Right. Right. Anyway, okay, see you tomorrow. Bye. Bye.